waiting all year long For November to come along Freezing rain and the chance of snow And that bitter wind starts to blow With the bugs in run and a heart go run and the pressure falling down It's all lining up like the perfect storm I got the perfect stand for a northwest wind and the moon is on the rise This is gonna be one of those hunts to remember Sweet November Welcome back to the second half of this morning's Gone Outdoors. Kyle Agri and Scott Brewer. And I should mention, this is the Deer Opener Special Edition of Gone Outdoors. As we uh, talk about things that are going on in our area where related to deer hunting and, you know, relating to this first week in November. And Scott, you know me, I, I can't wait to play that song for bumper music. Um, for 11 months, and finally it's here. And uh, if you tune into the show regularly, you might hear it again in the next couple of weeks. But uh, it is sweet November, and many of us are out chasing the 30-pointer or whatever we might encounter in uh, filling our tag. We have with us a good friend Aaron Ryling of Wild Fur Taxidermy. Aaron, welcome back to Gone Outdoors. Hey, thanks for having me. It's kind of a tradition I look forward to on this opening day of our deer season. It is. Uh, it definitely is, right? And in your business, I'm sure you get to see so many smiling faces and uh, opportunities to preserve those incredible memories that are being made out in the field today and in Pro- the days to come. Probably here's a story or two as well. Well, I don't doubt that one <laughs> bit, one bit at all. Definitely yeah. some perks of the job getting to hear all them awesome hunting stories from you guys, you know, Aaron, we were talking off air here, and one of the things that, that came up was when we as hunters go out into the field and in the woods, we always right, we always have optimism and the grand idea that we're going to shoot that big buck that we've been after for years. But what happens when it becomes a reality? And for some of us this weekend or next or whenever, it may become a reality. And sometimes we're not really fully prepared to, to really take those next steps. And so we wanted to, to just have a conversation here about maybe what are some of the common mistakes that people make while they're out hunting, if they might want to choose to serve, to save that deer, to do uh, uh, any type of a mount or a, or a taxidermy replication here um, to preserve their, their trophy. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, you can imagine I've pretty much seen it all, you know, from uh, finishing off a deer in a less, you know, desirable spot in the head or the neck that's going to show on your mount to uh, some of the really common ones are when you're field dressing your animal, uh, cutting all the way up the brisket. That's a big no-no. You want to, you know, when you're starting to gut that animal, once you get to the brisket from the belly, you want to stop, you know, and then... um, Another common one once you're out of the field is just, uh, and you and you know that you want to do a cape, but a lot of people haven't haven't caped a deer before, and um, the internet's a great tool for that. You know, you do a Google search on a properly caping a whitetail or a deer, any animal for that matter, and there's a lot of great videos out there to show you how to do it right. And you make a couple uh, correct cuts on the deer, and you make you know the quality of your mount a lot better, and the life of your taxidermist a lot better. You know, fortunately, this weekend, the weather's fairly cool. 
But, uh, you know, even highs in the 50s, um, you know, in a couple of days, that cape laying around or something, they can start to spoil. And then uh, uh, slippage and require, you know, a new cape that yours just don't get anymore. So, um, you know, just a call to your taxidermist too, but uh, he can help you out with a lot of those things. But, uh, you know, with the excitement right after you kill an animal, it's easy to forget some of those things. So uh, really try to stop and think, you know, ahead of time what, if you do get something you're proud of, you know, um, know what you want to do with it ahead of time. So it sounds like people should probably kind of know what their options are before they shoot that deer. So that, uh, you know, cause as soon as you shoot it, you want to get it, you want to get it opened up so you can get, get it, get it out, let it start to cool. Um, and they should probably know by that time, you know, what they want to do with this deer. What are some of the options that they have? You know, I'm sure there's full shoulder mounts. There's half body mount. I mean, there's all kinds of different options. There, there sure is. In today's world, there's always new forms and products coming out. Um, you know, from your standard shoulder mount, there's a lot of new uh, wall pedestals and floor pedestals, which is like a, a standard shoulder mount, but it shows a lot more of that shoulder. And if that's something you want to do, you know, it requires that you leave a lot more heat. Um, another popular thing to do lately is uh, keeping the whole hide and just like uh, mounting the head in like a pack mount. I'm sure some of you maybe have seen that before. That's getting pretty popular. And of course, you know, you see a lot of uh, the European mounts, which is just the skull in the rack. And typically maybe on something, you know, a guy doesn't maybe want to do a full shoulder on. It's a little bit cheaper option. And, you know, of course, you got your antler plaques and you can just hand the hide or, Lots of cool options out there. And, and that's another thing there, and that's great for is to start Google searching, you know, deer mounts, and you'd be amazed at what you find. And any taxidermist, you show him a picture, he's going to be able to replicate that for you. So, Aaron, here's a here's a question. You know, in our world, everything seems to be going up in price. Uh, what can someone expect from a taxidermist? Have you seen increases in your products and your supplies and, and certainly your costs on your end? Or, or um, have they stayed relatively relatively level here the past couple of years? No, uh, it's uh, in like a lot of industries. I would say you're close to almost a 20% price increase on supplies and, and tanning and whatnot. Um, there would definitely will be a price shocker. You know, I would say the average shoulder mountain or river valley you know you're looking at 800 to a thousand dollars now which has probably gone up close to a hundred dollars the last two years and tax aren't making any more money it's just just like everything like the cost of supplies and material everything's gone up that is the world we live in there's no question about it hey here's another one that that i'm thinking of Aaron, you know, in, in your business and, and certainly here uh, on recent shows, we've talked a little bit about CWD. And I know that limits folks if they harvest a deer in one area in terms of bringing it to a taxidermist in another. What's some guidance or tips you might give to folks who harvest a deer and are, are kind of wondering what they can do about transporting? Yeah, I mean, I'll, there's still people that aren't even aware of that lot. And, you know, pretty much as far as the tri-state area goes, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, you really, you can't bring any deer or cervids, so, you know, whitetail, mule deer, elk, moose, across state lines without it being quartered, no section of the spine, intact. And then as far as, like, a, a shoulder mount goes, that has to be caked off all the way off the skull and the rack removed to be able to transport that legal across state lines. Now, some tax numbers are licensed in multiple states, where they'll, they'll meet you, you know, like myself, I'm, I'm real close to Red River 
And in the past, you know, I've met guys in Fargo and, and take it to a designated location and take care of that properly for you. You know, uh, once again, there's, there's a bunch of awesome videos, you know, to be able to do that yourself too. But, uh, you know, it definitely affected um, people's business, you know, where I see more trophies stay in North Dakota or more trophies stay in Minnesota because people just aren't willing to do that. But good to know the laws because if you did get caught trying to sneak it across that river, you know, you're going to get fined and potentially, you know, get your animal confiscated over it too. Yeah, that would not be good. You know, ignorance is not an excuse for not obeying the law, right? We've all heard that one before, and and certainly we want to be aware of what our options are. And, and you know, I would say if you have questions and you're not sure, call Aaron, call your taxidermist that you've worked with in the past, and they'll certainly give you some guidance on what to do. Aaron, how do folks get a hold of you if they have those kind of questions? You bet. You can find me online at Wild for Taxidermy. Also, you can reach me by phone at 218-443-1401. Awesome. This is Aaron Reiling, Wildford Taxidermy. Aaron, thanks again. Thanks, as always, for being the expert and sharing that knowledge with all of our listeners. My pleasure, guys, and thanks for having me, and uh, good luck to all you listeners out there. Yeah, good luck to all of our listeners. I hope we keep uh, guys like Aaron awful busy. Uh, Folks, don't go away. This segment is done, but we got more ahead of us. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this break with more Gone Outdoors. Freezing rain and the chance for snow.